<sighs> we're going to win. I didn't get to say that in the podcast, but we're going to win. Tough times ahead, but we're going to win. Don't you ever forget that freak. This room is brought to you by good friends at Unchained Capital, right down the hall from us here at the Bitcoin Commons in Austin, Texas. Unchained is here to allow Bitcoiners to, to do cool things with their Bitcoin. Uh, you can, and they're here to bring you services to make you able to better use your Bitcoin financial services. They have a lending desk. They have an IRA product where you can hold your own keys. They're thinking about building some more cool things as well. They also have their Volt product, which is a two or three multi-sig collaborative custody vault in which you hold two keys. Unchained holds one key. You always have full control of your Bitcoin as long as you have those two keys. However, if you're in a pinch and you need Unchained to be the second in a two or three uh, multi-sig quorum, they are there for you. They have a white glove concierge service that's going to take you from zero to having a thousand cuck bucks worth of sats in a multi-sig vault. Uh, they're going to have video conference calls with you. They're going to get you comfortable with multi-sig. They're going to get you comfortable with their vault. They're going to get you hardware wallets. They're going to send you the hardware wallets so you get them set up and comfortable with securing those. And then once you're all comfortable, you're going to set up your vault and then they're going to dump a thousand cuck bucks worth of sats in that vault. Tell them that TFTC sent you and you're going to get $50 off that package. TFTC for $50 off that package. Go check out everything they have going on at Unchained.com. And if you're in Austin, Texas next week, we'll have Austin BitDevs in the Bitcoin Commons. And we're having a Bitcoin Commons takeover next Friday as well. Uh, a Bitcoin Commons South by Southwest takeover. This room is also brought to you by our good friends at Brains. Brains. Unfortunate news. Breaking. Breaking. Hours ago. A little late to this one, but they had to cancel the BMC 2022 conference. The EU apparently despite the fact that all this data is coming out, that the vaccine is not uh, not as effective as previously thought and maybe detrimental to some people. Uh, the EU has put in travel policies that don't allow you to get certain places if you don't have the jab. So brains, understanding that, that Bitcoin is about freedom to choose, uh, private property rights, your body is your property. You should have rights over that. They they don't want to force anybody attending the conference to have to make uh, tough decisions uh, in, in regards to the EU vaccine policies. So they're just going to scrap the conference altogether, not, not force hard decisions or awkward conversations or people to do things they simply do not want to do. Props to the Brains team. I think this is an admirable move by them. I know they were very excited to uh, have all these Bitcoiners meeting in Prague in June, uh, but uh, they're going to put principle over profit here. Uh, and they're, they're scrapping the BMC 2022. Hopefully this madness ends and sanity comes back to the world and, and those mandates are... Uh, are abolished at some point in the future, at which point I'm confident that the, the BMC conference will will happen. I think that was redundant. BMC will happen. 
And you know what? Selfishly, I wasn't going to be able to make it in June due to the the arrival of uh, my second child being imminent around that time. Uh, selfishly, I'm sort of happy because now I'll be able to go. Silver lining? I know the Brains team is really bummed about this. So Go download their auto-tuning firmware if you haven't already. Brains OS Plus. It helps you stack more sats with your hash. If you have an ASIC that is compatible with Brains OS Plus and you're not running, running Brains OS Plus, you're leaving sats on the table. Go check out insights.brains.com if you're looking for a dashboard with all the information that you need in the mining world. That is where you go. Insights.brains.com. It's B-R-A-I-I-N-S.com. Go check it out. Brains for all your mining needs. They got slush pool as well. If you run brains and point your hash at slush pool, you're going to get 0% pool fees. Brains.com. This room is also brought to you by good friends at Hoddle Hoddle. Hoddle Hoddle is here to bring you a lending platform, lend.hoddlehoddle.com, where you can use your Bitcoin as collateral to get stablecoin loans. You can get liquidity if you don't want to sell your Bitcoin. You need some cash. You need some digital dollars. You can put your Bitcoin up in a 2 or 3 multi-sig escrow account. You hold one key. Your counterparty holds one key. Hoddle Hoddle holds the third key. Put your Bitcoin up as collateral. You get stablecoins uh, in return. Uh, you get a, a stablecoin loan in return as long as you're paying back that loan plus the interest associated with it. You're going to get your sats back at the end of the day. What was I going to say? Oh, yeah. It's a two or three multi-sig. Since you hold one of the keys, you have visibility into the escrow account, which ensures, make, gives you the ability to ensure that your sats aren't being rehypothecated or moved throughout the duration of loan so that you have certainty when you pay back that loan, you're going to get your sats back. Lend.hoddlehoddle.com. It's no KYC, no AML. So if you if you don't if you're looking for liquidity and you really don't want to give up your personal information, Hoddle Hoddle is the place to go. No KYC, no AML. If you have stable coins laying around, you want to get yield on those. You can enter the other side of that marketplace, put them up to be lent out to Bitcoiners looking for liquidity. Uh, you, you put them up. You, you decide what interest rate you want to get on those, and then you lend them out, and you get them back plus. The interest associated with the loan, if the Bitcoiner can't pay you back, you're going to get the sats in that multi-sig escrow account at the end. Um, Lend.hodlhodl.com, L-E-N-D dot H-O-D-L, H-O-D-L dot com. Last but not least, this rip was brought to you by our good friends at the Bitcoin 2022 conference. They have not had made the same hard decisions that the Brains team did. And Bitcoiners will be gathering the largest Bitcoin gathering in all the world, not only the largest Bitcoin gathering, just the, the, gar the largest like, just gathering ever, ever in Miami, South Beach, April 6th to the 9th. Six is industry day. If you're looking to climb up the industry, you're going to want to go to industry day. The uh, 7th and 8th are general conference days. There's going to be a bunch of talks, a bunch of stages, a bunch of things going on. CEOs, presidents, Tai Kawamoto, there's going to be a ton of people there. It's bigger than the World's Fair and Live Aid combined. I'm not just talking about like Live Aid Philly and Live Aid New York, like all those separate locations combined. It's going to be bigger in South Beach, Miami, the Bitcoin 2022 conference. Use the code TFTC. Where is it? RHR. It's TFTC. Cars, cars help me out. Here. Use the code TFTC. You're going to get 10% off. 
day four, I forgot to mention, music festival. Um, Dead Mouse is going to be there. Logic's going to be there. Run the Jewel's going to be there. Divayoki's going to be there. It'll be a fun time. B.tc slash conference. Use the code TFTC. Get 10% off. Get tickets. ASAP, just closer we get to the conference, which is less than a month away now at this point, the more expensive the tickets are going to get. So if you want to go, if you want to FOMO in, it's better to FOMO earlier. B.tc slash conference. Use the code TFTC. Enjoy this rip, fricks. Fricks. Enjoy this rip, freaks. Okay. You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free. If you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, all, all the central banks going nuts. So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. Probably should be. But I think I'm going to start saying the number of the rabbit hole recap. That we're what number recording. are we on? 190. Getting close to 200. We're 10 away. 10 away. Unfortunately, we won't be at 200 by conference day. But never going to live that down. <laughs> I don't think, hey, hey, you, you called 200K by conference day. I called P Clown World. We all make mistakes. I, uh, you see, they, you got the mask mandate thing wrong too. You saw they extended it. Yeah, fuck on the airplane. Assholes. We've got a. I was like, I was, I was pissed off when I saw it, but I also just like laughed because <laughs> <laughs> because of your prediction. Yeah, if you haven't. Heard um, I was actually talking about talking about 200k by conference day. I was just thinking about this the other day because uh, rabbit hole recap was formally announced at Bitcoin 2022. And I was thinking about my top call at Bitcoin 2019 when we closed <laughs> up Bitcoin buy. 2019, and I had everyone stack, and it was the it was at thirteen thousand dollars, and we didn't retake thirteen thousand for two years, and everyone just gave me shit for it. And meanwhile, that was three years ago, and thirteen k just seems so fucking cheap, right? Buy all the tops. That's what we'll say. That was that was a great. You posted the picture. From that, that live, uh, that Such live rip. rip. You look, you look like a baby in that. No beard, dude. Fucking Bitcoin ages you, man. I'm like <laughs> sixty years old now. <laughs> I mean, the stash and the hat, or it's, it's you. You're you're aging incredibly. This is what I like to see. You look like <laughs> a, a seasoned boathouse casino dealer. What yeah. was that? That's what Justin Moon said. Who's the the riverboat casino dealer on the right? Yes. We've, uh, you can see I'm in a different spot in the room right now. The, the studio is coming together on this end. Like we've mentioned in episodes past, the supply chain issues have affected the, the build out of, of the studio here at the Bitcoin Commons in Austin, Texas. It's coming together though. We're going to have it ready. For South by Southwest next week. Parker. I saw Parker last night. Um, super fucking excited for uh, BitDevs plus uh, Bitcoin Takeover, Bitcoin Commons on the 17th and then 18th. Yeah, we're going to be in person next week doing this. It'll yeah, so what are we doing for that? Like, let's talk business on air. We're like 1 p.m. We'll do it at uh, at the Commons on Thursday. 
Yeah, we have to figure it out because we have that other event that we have to do. At three, right? Yeah. So like, I guess like 12.30 we'll do it? Uh, yeah, I would, yeah, I would even give us some cushion. To, so we'll do it at 12 CT? Yeah, yeah. give us three hours. We're going to be a person. Or do you want more cushion? Yeah. What? I like 12. I like 12 Central, I think. I think that'll give okay. us enough cushion. 12 Central, 12 Central next week, freaks. That is... Uh, 1800 UTC, we will be together in person. Rip and Rabbit recap. I still. But you should all, especially if you're in the Austin area, you should come join us for BitDevs on the 17th and Bitcoin Takeover at Bitcoin Commons on the 18th. It's going to be the agenda for Bitcoin Commons is fucking insane. Yes. I will. The, the space of the Bitcoin Commons stuff is limited. And I will say, we love all you freaks, but Parker is trying to get non-bitcoiners in to get educated about bitcoin so but just so wanna... buy your tickets now if you want to come yes he has the open he has the open ticket on this twitter thread if you go to parker lewis's twitter thread right now and go buy it then you can then you can come parker was a little dismayed at the engagement this tweet got he, he texted me thought he was shadow banned because this tweet didn't blow up so I love that. Everyone just assumes shadow banned <laughs> as soon as they don't get engagement. Go blow it up, freaks. Uh, what a week. What a week. A lot has changed since last week. Blocks have been produced. Bitcoin has been sent. Sanctions have been levied. War is waged on. Is, is the war still going? Did they come to like peace talks? What's, what happened yesterday? <laughs> the war is still going, Marty. I figured. Marty's a gold bug now. I'm not a gold bug. I, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. I'm not a gold Boomer bug. Boomer Marty gold bug. I Are sold you, all my Bitcoin on Marty's recommendation and just loaded into gold. No, don't, don't lie to the freaks. I never made a recommendation to buy gold. <laughs> Meanwhile, we, uh, we've just been focused on the wrong thing this whole time. Instead of being focused on Bitcoin, we should have just been focused on nickel. I've been joking around that at, at this pace, uh, we're going to change Bitcoin 2022 to nickel 2022. Yes. I don't think you understand why we have we have the gold and the comics and nickel and silver on the list. <laughs> that, it's not like I'm trying to like be like, gold's going to pump. It's very interesting. I don't know. It was a FOMO tweet. It's No, it wasn't a FOMO tweet. It's more, I'm more interested in the, the plumbing behind the scenes and what's going on there. Uh, I'm hearing from a birdie in the gold world that what happened to Nick Lay Nick, yeah, on the LME is, is currently taking place with gold and silver on Comex. I don't know. like That could easily be a Peter Schiff tweet. We'll get into it. There's a lot to talk about there, but we have to get the Clark's dashboard first. Uh, the price of Bitcoin <laughs> is currently $39,225. I'm never going to live that one down. Uh <laughs> One cuck buck is going to get you 2,549 sats. We are currently sitting at a 744.5 billion market cap. We are at block height, 726,741. Approaching 19 million Bitcoin. We're officially 20,467 Bitcoin being mined away from hitting 19 million. What's the significance of that? Nothing. It's just a nice round number. Uh, we had a difficulty adjustment right before last week's show. Uh, many blocks have, have been uh, added to the ledger since then. We're currently 1,035 blocks away from the next adjustment. 
which is estimated to be on March 17th, 2022. And it's estimated to be a downward adjustment of, of 4.2% as of right now. And that's because blocks are coming in at 10 minutes and 27 seconds on average, which is 27 seconds above the 10 minute block target, block production target. We are seeing 1,441 transactions in Clark's mempool, Samurai unspent whirlpool capacity is over 4,400 Bitcoin sitting at 4,402.7 Bitcoin or 172.8 million cuck bucks worth of unspent value. Maybe we'll start on mining. It'll be interesting to see how like increase increasing energy prices and, and fuel prices affect the mining industry. I wonder if uh, a lot of operations uh, that are on grid specifically are going to be feeling the pain and like have their their electricity provider increase their rates on them. Uh, can't hear him. Can you hear him? I muted myself. How the go. fuck did we go from negative $20 a barrel to $130 a barrel in like a year and a half? Uh, central isn't planners. that that's fucking insane? Isn't that that's fucking insane? Like it needs to be said that yes. how how insane that fucking is. Talk about efficient markets, super efficient. Central planning does things. It uh fucks up the pricing mechanism of the world. Do you? I, I could see miners being affected by this increased electricity price. Maybe that's what we're seeing with the. Of course, that makes sense, right? Yeah, yeah. Why wouldn't they? Energy goes up. That's like their main input. Well, that's like the, that and the actual cost of the machines, right? Yeah. It'll be, I mean, there's some people, if things continue down the path that they've been going on in the last two weeks, there's people calling for $200 barrel in oil, $300 oil. Um, things can get fucking intense. I mean, it's going to affect. Fuck, I got to sell all my gold and now I got to buy oil. <laughs> Do you want to start with that? Should we start with that? What? The my which one? My little birdie tweet. <laughs> yeah, your little birdie tweet. So, if you freaks remember back around when uh when the price of oil went negative in March, April of 2020, around that time too, there is actually if you, you want to go back and listen to the um episode I recorded with Roy Sabag, uh, we talked about the bullion markets, particularly the delivery of bullion between London and New York, where two of the biggest vaults of bullion vaults exist and where a lot of the uh, bullion trades happen and they affect paper markets. Um, if things get out of whack back then in 2020. This is the craziness in March 2020, right? Yes, yes. Back or like then. April 2020. Yeah, back then. Um, they changed. I don't know if you freaks remember, but they did like things were getting uh, so insane behind the scenes that they changed uh, some of the wording and some of the structure of one of the contracts in Comex, which I believe allowed them to just like piggyback on the London bullion market, uh, their vaults, um, which basically they, they essentially Comex, Comex got bailed out. And it seems like there is similar problems arising at Comex specifically this week. There's apparently a large player. Many people on the internet are specu speculating that JP Morgan 
and I, and I think there's data to confirm that it probably is them, is trying to cover short positions. So they're trying to buy bullion, whether it be silver or gold, uh, as desperately as possible so that they can, um, they can cover the margin on their short trades that they have out there. Uh, and they're willing to pay. There's rumors that they, they've been paying 10% over spot for bullion. If you look at the March contract, Car, I sent that, put that in the TFTC group as well. Um, the or it's in this thread somewhere. If you the Wall Street Silver tweet, um, it uh, the, the March 2022 contract, which which is supposed to uh, come to an end. You got to click the second tweet. I did bad Twitter threading, so go down a little bit more. No, no, don't click that one. Click the one above it. I responded to the one above it twice by accident. Um, go down. Go down. That tweet. Yeah, so if you look at this chart here, um, the March 2022 silver uh, futures contract has gone absolutely AWOL off the chart. Uh, and see, I mean, there's something going on at Codex. Oh, fuck. Am I, I got to sell my oil for silver. I'm not saying go buy gold or silver. I'm just saying there, there could be or nickel, or nickel. Well, so that's the thing. Like there, there is certainly something happening in the metals markets. Where so nickel earlier this week was skyrocketing. There was a massive short squeeze, and I, I believe it was Comex, one of one of the exchanges, the uh, the physical, the exchanges that wasn't the, the London government. Mercantile Exchange. Yeah, LME? it was London. So London stepped in, and they basically bailed out and rug pulled nickel traders that day. Or they retroactively, I believe, in the middle of the day, so we're we're not recognizing any trades that happened past 12, uh, 12 midnight the night before. So like they were allowing people to trade throughout the day. People were making a shit ton of money, and then like at some point in the afternoon, they're like, you know what? Actually, we're not going to recognize any of those trades. And so you know, the pricing mechanism is completely fucked. Obviously, these these the powers that be are stepping in and not allowing free markets to. Uh, have true price discovery in the metals markets right now. Who knows if they can keep plugging the dam? Obviously, uh, there was there was rumors that the Bank of International Settlements and even like the the plunge protection team uh, that that we have here in the United States have been stepping in trying to bandage over these precious metal markets and not even precious metals, just metal markets in general. And so I think, again, like I said in the tweet, I'm not like saying go buy gold, buy silver, or something structurally happening. Obviously, you can see here the price isn't running or anything like that. Um, but You like top ticked it. Right? Well, that's the thing. Like, I think that's <laughs> the, the aggressiveness with which uh, there was a reaction. Thanks for the Zoom car. Um, no, no, no. I trust my source, my birdie in the industry. And was your source just on your podcast? I'm not gonna, not gonna, um, <laughs> not going to. Uh, I haven't it. listened to that episode yet. I'm looking forward to it. Not going to give any indications one way or the other. But again, like I said in the second tweet in that thread, just something. Look at Comex this week. They're could be something going on. My bet is if there is something going on, somebody's just going to hold by end of week. <laughs> somebody's going to somebody's going to print a bunch of money and paper over it, but uh it does seem like there's some forces behind the scenes. Um How do you even buy nickel? 
I don't know. I've never done it. You go to the store, you buy something, you get some change. They're still giving change out Maybe. these days. Aren't they, aren't they trying to I'll like say a, what? Aren't they trying to like abandon coins here? Well, the actual like actual nickels only have twenty five percent nickel in them. Yeah. yeah, I went down the nickel rabbit hole a little bit. What did you find? What else did you find? I told you I dumped all my Bitcoin for nickel and then I dumped it for gold and then I dumped it for silver and now I'm in oil. Well, would you, can you at least concede that it's an interesting story if there is something structurally, like I'm not like saying go buy any of these things, just. No, yeah, I mean, it should be, it should be interesting to see play out. I think, uh, I, 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 we're obviously in interesting times that no one really knows what the fuck is going on. So there's like craziness happening as was witnessed in the nickel market. Um, which just like traded like a complete shit coin. Um, but I will say that gold bugs have been saying similar shit for the last like three decades. So, yeah, I mean, and if you listen to Larry Lapar, take it with a grain of salt. He mentioned, yeah, I mean, and, and this has been their theory. And like, and come to defense of our brethren in the gold world who truly want sound money. They may not agree with Bitcoin, and we de- definitely don't agree with gold, but we do have the common guiding star of sound money in the digital age. And I mean, this is their theory that the paper markets have been suppressing true price discovery in these precious metals markets. And it would be interesting to see if that becomes laid bare at some point in the near future. Like Matt said, they've been saying this for decades. My bet is, again, they'll be able to paper over it literally and figuratively. Uh, And I don't, I don't know if they can't allow this type of shit to happen, but who knows with what's going on. The international stage, there's rumors that, or not rumors, the, the, the sanctions that were just enacted on Russia this week, part of that was like people are calling for central banks that are holding their physical gold outside of, of Russia and not to actually give it to them. We're going to rug pull them like we did Afghanistan earlier this year uh, and, and Venezuela in years past as well. So and, uh, very interesting times. Did we lose him? No, I'm here. I yeah. just, my you're fucking quick. internet is out here. Yeah, I was going to say you're green. So I've been on mobile. I've been on mobile the whole time. Uh, when my internet comes back, I'll switch. How's your internet? I thought you were. I thought you got that hot fiber. I do have that hot fiber, but it's out. Mm. Yeah, they said it'll be up soon. We'll see. Okay. Um, I'm looking for my phone so I can get to the list. What do we have on the list? You have the list up. Ooh, executive order. Yeah. I mean, we we prepared you freaks for this. If you came and listened to the show, absolutely nothing. Yeah, we told complete we, bullshit. That's what we said. That's what we've been saying for weeks now. The, there's been the looming specter of this executive order from the Biden administration for probably well over a month now. There was rumors when it first came out that yeah, it was just going to be the Biden administration calling for studies, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, there were, I think, Rep. Tom Emmer actually he had an interesting thread. If there was like any uh, sort of uh, subliminal, not subliminal, but if you're going to read between the lines and try to draw some conclusions, it, it is interesting that there's no mention of decentral, decentralized crypto assets or 
uh, ensuring that these are free and open source. I don't think source. they say Bitcoin once. No, they don't say Bitcoin. Cryptocurrencies. Um, and then there's no, no, they're supported through a distributed ledger technology, but there's no sort of reinforcement of, hey, we're going to ensure that these these systems remain free. So, like, but you've been saying, I mean, is this the the front run where they just set the stage here and then down the line when these studies come out, that's when the real battle begins? Yeah, I mean, they got to start somewhere, right? But uh, to me, this just reads like a bunch of buzzwords put on a piece of paper just to tell their constituents, hey, look, we're paying attention to it. We're doing tech things. We're doing it. We're doing it. Yeah, and I, I actually, I forget who said this earlier this week, but I think the pace at which the federal government is going to be able to move on this stuff is in our favor as Bitcoiners. Uh, I don't think they're going to be able to move fast enough to legislate outside of executive orders to actually perturb the development of the open source project itself. Um, with that being said, we'll certainly come after miners. And I do believe at some point in the future, they will try to make it impossible for you to get coins off an exchange and into a wallet you control. So that's one thing I've been beating the drum on this week. Like, Do not be complacent about getting your Bitcoin uh, into wallets that you control. If you're out there, 100%. You're one of those people. Go download a wallet on your phone, start testing, get comfortable, seek out other options, seek out help. Do not be complacent. The, the bet, it's the easier the than you would expect. Yes. Yes. Much easier. Literally download an app. It creates private public key, key pair for you. Very easy. Um, yeah. What do you think about the executive order? Anything else to add to that? No, I think it's not really even worth discussing further. Okay. Just a right. bunch of bullshit. Right. Uh, we've got a lot of buzzwords. A lot of buzzwords. Visa MasterCard suspending operations in Russia over the Ukraine invasion. The invasion of Ukraine. And PayPal. And PayPal. And in all a lot of corporations. It's not just these payment rails you've had. We mentioned Steam last week. There's a number of others that have entered the fray throughout the last week, including Zoom. We had DuckDuckGo's founder come out and completely ruin the reputation of his company today by saying that they're going to... I still, gonna... Yeah, that was so fucking sad, man. Right? So if any, if any of you are unaware, the CEO of DuckDuckGo, at Yegg, Y-E-G-G, on Twitter, basically came out. I mean, DuckDuckGo, for anybody's unaware, is supposed to be a a search engine that competes with Google but is better than Google because it actually gives you, it doesn't try to censor results or or tune their algorithm to More to privacy you, focused is yeah, the key. It's more privacy focused. And not then also to, the algo's not fucking around with you. Yes, until today. Uh, like so many others, I'm sickened by Russia's invasion of Ukraine. I'm sickened by it as well. In the gigantic humanitarian crisis, it contributes Continues to create. Hashtag I stand with Ukraine. At DuckDuckGo, we've been rolling out search updates that downrank sites associated with Russian disinformation. Which is like, okay, now you're manipulating your algo. You're playing. You're playing the great fact checker, which. Uh, the censorship game. Yeah. Let people get the information. Yeah, it's disappointing. And discern for themselves. And so. 
DuckDuckGo uh, has been politicized. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I don't know of any other really good options, so we'll see. Hopefully, some people recommend some good options. You know, I've pretty much switched fully over to DuckDuckGo. I've liked it a lot lately. Uh, so this is definitely disappointing. Maybe they'll roll it back. I still think, uh, you know, this is more than just sanctions, right? This is this idea of it's like cancel culture mixed in. It's modern cancel culture mixed into sanctions uh, where these companies are going above and beyond to essentially get like virtue signal points by cutting out the Russian market. And I think also like a secondary uh, reason for it is that the Russian market probably just isn't that large. So they, they think they can like if you like if you look at like MasterCard's revenue, I bet you it's like single digit percentages is in Russia. Like you wouldn't see them do this to China uh, or like you see Apple stores wouldn't close in China, uh, even though they do tons of human rights abuses because the market is so massive there. But I still think the best example of just how insane all of this is is that the FIFA video game removed the Russian team from it. So you can't play with the Russian team. Like that's just really, I feel like encompasses like how absolutely fucking crazy it is. Well, it's, and I tweeted out earlier this morning, it's like, it's incredibly astonishing to watch a bunch of the corporations who were virtue signaling about the BLM movement in the summer of 2020 when all those riots were going on. And now, Maybe racism isn't the, the correct term, but you have this woke capital corporatocracy coming out and being like overtly <laughs> prejudiced, is probably a better word, against Russian citizens, uh, not allowing them. Like, I mean, it's, apparently it's okay to be prejudiced against a, a person if they have a certain nationality in the corporate world now. Obviously, they're posturing like it's too... Uh, to, to hurt Putin and what he's trying to do, um, but it's just going to embolden him. Like this is what he's telling the Russian people right now. It's like, look at these these evil Westerners. Like you need to trust me. Like it's just pushing people closer to a dictator. And then on top of that, you're cutting off Russian citizens with Visa, Mastercard, PayPal specifically from their money. And maybe some of them are trying to get out of the country. Maybe some of them are out of the country already and trying to do things and. They, they can't do those things because um, these these corporations have decided to to be prejudiced against anybody who happens to be Russia Russian. Murky waters. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, cutting people off uh, from the internet is not um, cutting people off from the global financial system. Cutting people off from access to the internet. Uh, where we saw like Namecheap pulling uh, their domains. Um, Cloudflare actually, which is a company I despise because they have a large amount of, of uh, they, they middleman by design a large amount of traffic on the internet, um, had a really good post on it about why they weren't canceling Russian um, accounts. And, and the, then the reason was they were like now more than ever, uh, Russian citizens need to have access to information that's outside of uh, Kremlin control and outside of Russian control. So it's extremely short-sighted. Uh, maybe some people will be angry at Putin for it within Russia, but you got to imagine that there is a, now there's going to be like, if you're like 16 to 25 in Russia and you've just lost everything, like you're never going to forgive Western companies, right? Like they've just been fully radicalized. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's completely short-sighted. I mean, everything that's going on with this whole situation from the federal government's reaction to the, the woke capital reaction is just completely short-sighted. There's literally no long-term thinking with these strategies unless it is. I mean, that's another theory that's going around and like everybody in the West and like Russia are playing together, like funnel us into this, this separate CBDC world. And this is just a, a, a conflict ignition to, to start that trend or accelerate that trend. Um, but yeah, because it's like, and then one thought that would lead me to believe that that may be true is like just how incompetent the reaction is across the board. Where it's like almost astonishingly idiotic. It's like, what the fuck is going on here? It's almost too good to be true. Yeah, I mean, I just wouldn't. Uh, I, it should be interesting to see how everything plays out. Yeah. Uh, being, we said it last week. Larry Lapard echoed it in the episode that we recorded on Monday. Very. Very good rip, but yeah, I mean, the U.S. dollar is currently suffering a, a massive head wound. It got shot in the head via this whole situation, and we're going to see a mass bifurcation in in the world. Ray Dalio is saying China is going to come up, and they're going to be reserve currency, uh, but I don't think he's factoring Bitcoin into that that um, equation at all in his thinking. And it's been weird. It seems. Before this whole Russian thing even broke out, he he was already um, trying to suck up to the Chinese government and the CCP uh, with comments he was making publicly about not. Caring. I saw Larry recommended mandibles too. Yeah, yeah. How what what's our what's our Matt O'Dell mandibles correlation update this week? There was a freak that says he stacks a thousand sats every time I say mandibles on the pod. So I wanted to make sure that he just stacked twice. <laughs> is, uh, is the, are the mandibles correlations getting eerier and eerier as time goes on? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I had a conversation with Parker yesterday uh, at the Nashville Bitcoin meetup where I asked him, you know, he has his gradually then suddenly series. Um, and I was like, are we in the suddenly phase yet? Or are we still in the gradually phase? When does, what does the suddenly phase look like and how scared should we be? I think we may be in the suddenly phase, bro. Uh, I think that might be a peak clown world call. I don't know, dude. See the CPI print I, today. Yeah. I mean, let's talk about that. What was it? 7.9%. 7.9%. Highest in 40 years. Highest in 40 years and underreported. I believe the shelter numbers was something like 3.2% year on year. And if you've looked at the housing market anywhere, that's just an insultingly low number that they're trying to put out here. Uh, I thought Kaylee was going to come in. Um, Kaylee, hardest working woman at uh, Unchained. She's crushing it here at the Commons, helping us set it up. She can't hear this. Maybe she'll listen later and hear it. But back to Don't the Don't sure. What was that? I said, don't shoot her. I won't. I won't. I would never shoot Kaylee. Uh, CPI, 7.9%, highest in 40 years. Uh, last month was the highest in 40 years. So we're just getting, and last year, last month, excuse me, was 7%, I believe. This month is 7.9%. 
And it's only going to get worse from here with the sanctions going on. Russia's come out in the last week. They say, all right, anybody on our shit list, we're not, we're not going to export grains to you. We're not going to export natural gas. We're not going to export fertilizer. We're not going to export palladium. You're, you're cut off uh, until 2023. So Russia, at least right now, is posturing like they're not going to export any of their commodities to people on their shit list. Uh, Europe, US, NATO countries definitely on that shit list. And people are like, oh, they're only 2% of the global economy or global GDP. It doesn't matter. US doesn't have much direct trade. Their GDP with- is less than Texas, Marty. Well, again, GDP doesn't matter. GDP in a financialized world is bullshit. Assets matter. Having I'm just saying that's pretty crazy. Yeah, but like that's how financial. Their GDP is equivalent to Greece, but less than Texas. That was pre-war. But they have all the assets, and that's really what matters during all this. So, like, we're gonna see. Like you said, like, oh, I I, I wouldn't be surprised if my suddenly call does not turn out to to be like my clown world call. We're um, going to change the name of the show to gold bug recap. <laughs> what? I didn't mention gold at all. Why are you bringing gold bug? But it's, I mean, dude, they're literally shutting that. And so like going back to that, like, yes, Russia, 2% of GDP, but they have at least 10% of many of the main commodities in the world, palladium, wheat, natural gas, oil, a number of things. And yes, even if we don't do direct trade, with Russia, nickel too, right? Nickel for any of those things, they're they're cutting off people who do direct trade with them for those things. That's going to make uh, the competition for those assets uh, with the producers that we currently do buy them more fierce. So it's going to drive up prices, and then you have rising energy. We're talking. We already talked about oil. The cost of oil, natural gas going up, is going to make the cost for people producing things to go up, and then you're going to see a breakdown in in the manufacturing sector because input prices are just going to get so high that they're just, it's not going to be profitable to actually build shit. And then you have just have a cascading fucking shit show, which is we baby at the very beginning of the suddenly phase, which is heavy to think about. And it's scary to think about, but be aware freaks. Like this is what happens when you have incompetent people trying to centrally plan uh, economies across the world and they are engaged in a proxy war where they're just dick measuring against each other not really caring about the citizens that are affected by their dick measuring contest Parker didn't think we were in the suddenly phase yet he thought we were at the end of the gradual phase and I tend to I think that's I, I like tend to agree with that I mean I know that's like a little bit semantics. But, <laughs> isn't that the beginning of the um, isn't the end of the gradually phase? The beginning of this. No, I think I think when the suddenly phase hits, it's gonna fucking smack us in the fucking face. You know, yeah. it's gonna be like I don't think we've seen anything yet. No. Also, now that I'm a precious metals expert, <laughs> I've been told that uh palladium is a byproduct of nickel production. They're heavily correlated, supposedly. Yeah. If that helps the freaks at all. I don't know if that helps, but that's my random fact of the day. And apparently that's, Russia has 11% of the global oil supply, 17% of the global nat gas supply, 11% of the global PM production, which is precious metals, 11% of global wheat production, and 10% of global uh, L&D minerals, industrial minerals production. Shout out to Jevy 
for throwing that stat in in the comments. That's it's a material amount of assets. Like in a financialized world, two percent. How GDP, much does Texas have? I think we have. Jeffy, yeah. look how much Texas have. He's pulling that from a tweet that was posted. I, I think I retweeted it. Um, so I don't know yeah. if he has that information at his fingertips, but it would be impressive if you do, Jeffy. Um, Shit's getting real. Yeah, we're going to find out. Like, do you really, what, what do you want as a society? A, a economy with a hollowed out manufacturing base, but sick fintech apps and, and social media apps? Or do you actually want an economy that is secure with raw materials and commodities and assets that actually make this modern world that we live in possible? I think we're going to have a lot of, uh, a lot of confrontation with, with these thoughts and ideas. So how do the freaks prepare if, uh, if this is the end of the gradual phase? Go shake your local rancher's hand. Go shake your neighbor's hand. If you don't know your neighbors, get to know your neighbors. Obviously stack sats. Get them off the exchange. And start building guns, mm. land, and Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah, and beef. Secure your beef now. Again, I don't, I don't want to turn into like a doomer podcast. Kind of are. We're like, we're, how would we feel if we didn't say this stuff and it did happen? Would we be doing it a service to the freaks? What's something positive? One hundred percent. What's the next? What's the next positive uh, list on the item? Item on the list. Wow. The coin is up. Oh coin. yeah, I like that. Uh, um, I have one. Uh, Twitter added Tor support finally, which is something that Facebook had done like in 2014. Um, and what this means is that they have a native Onion address now that you can use Twitter natively through Tor which is diametrically different than their, than their existing policy, which was that they were constantly flagging accounts that were accessing via the Tor ClearNet exit nodes. Um, so, but what, what their claim for this, and it does make sense logically, is that it allows Russians to continue to have access to Twitter, even if the Russian government and ISPs block it. So um, this is the kind of thing that we should be seeing Western companies do rather than try and cut off Russia they should be giving Russian citizens more global access rather than less. Yes. Props where props are due. Shout out to Twitter for doing this. And Jevy, fucking man with the, the fast fingertips. Texas had 6.5% of global crude oil production in 2020. It's a material amount for, for a nice little state that I live in. Uh, happy to be in Texas. I, I can say so that. So that's, that's about half of Russia's production. Yes. But you also have Biden coming out this week. And these, these fucking incompetent assholes in the White House. Again, I don't want to get political, red versus blue, whatever, but like it is objective. Like these people are fucking either stupid or malicious in terms of energy policy. Like they're coming out. You have Pete Buttigieg, the CIA spook that is our transportation director. Mostly stupid. Um, come out and say people need to buy. This is why people. Gas prices going up. Go buy a Tesla. Go spend sixty grand on a Tesla, and like that 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 electricity, it's cheaper to charge 
your Tesla than it, than it will be to fill your car. But these idiots don't realize that natural gas prices are going up. Most of the things that power these Tesla power stations are natural gas fucking facilities. I'm pretty, sh- I'm pretty sure the batteries have nickel in them. <laughs> yeah. They have nickel, they have silver. Lithium. Do you know how much nickel's in a Bitcoin ASIC? No, I can't tell you off the top of my head. We're probably Jeffy, gonna look that. it up. <laughs> the uh yeah. It's but they're saying, and then they're like, they're trying to blame the oil and gas industry. You have Elizabeth Warren coming out and saying that oil and gas producers are gouging uh gouging consumers by raising prices. Like these people don't understand fundamental economic concepts, supply and demand, adjusting prices as the market changes, as supply dwindles and conditions change. It's not, I don't think the oil and gas industry is trying to, I know the oil and gas industry isn't trying to gouge consumers. They're, they're reacting to market signals that they have to. If they actually want to be able to deliver shit to market and run businesses profitably. And Elizabeth Warren saying she's going to have a profit clawback from uh, oil and gas companies that are, that are profiting from the rise in oil, oil and gas prices, which is communistic. It doesn't make any sense. And it's hypocritical. Are you going to take profit take backs from Pfizer and Moderna based on the vaccination campaign that just went on? Like why, why don't we do it? Like the whole COVID vaccination campaign was supposed to be a, a critical necessity for individuals. Should Pfizer and Moderna have been able to profit as much as they did off of that? Are you going to claw back those profits too? Like where is the logical consistency? These people don't even know how to think. They have no critical thinking skills. They don't understand economics. They don't understand markets. They are destroying this country and putting the whole world in a very precarious situation because they are fucking stupid and incompetent. They don't understand anything. They are sociopathic kleptocrats. Don't care about you. They don't give a fuck about you, freaks. They're actively working to make your life worse off, to make you more insecure, to make you more dependent on their incompetence. It is time to walk away from these people. I think we need to have a serious discussion about abolishing the federal government and just having states run things from here on out. Please, leave us alone, federal government. You're ruining everything. (sighs) Can we get back to a positive topic? Next topic. I, I, I turned off my I only have this on, so I can't see the list because okay. I think it's coming in my internet connection. You're coming in very clear now. Um, so this is Azteco news. Car, if you could zoom in on that, Azteco has launched, uh, been on the move the last couple of weeks. They have six hundred thousand cash in locations in Nigeria. They're in every post, every post office in Canada. Brad Mills. Uh, did a nice demo. He had a tweet thread. He went to Canada, bought a thousand dollars worth of sats using as Canada. It's the post offices. It's yeah. the six thousand post offices. Yeah, I said it. I said it. Are you listening? No, every, not really. I'm exhausted. I apologize. Come on, man. Come on, once a week. We just need your attention for a couple hours once a week. I'm exhausted. I you're you're just gonna take. I'm gonna have you take the lead on this episode. Okay, I'll take the lead. I'll step up. Yeah, so Azteco, I mean, shout out to Beautyon and the team there and Mike and everybody who's been working to. And Azteco's been around for a while. A lot of people have doubted um, 
that they'll ever go big. And the last few weeks specifically, they've come out swinging. They've got, they've been working behind the scenes, obviously, to set up an infrastructure to, to, for a massive launch and they've executed on that. And it's beautiful to see. I mean, Brad Mills was able to buy a thousand cuck bucks worth of, or Canadian cuck bucks worth of sats. Uh, Canuck bucks. Canuck bucks via, via Azteco, no KYC, no AML. He just walked into government-owned post office. Like, yeah, I'm going to get my Bitcoin here. So the way Azteco works in these situations is you go to the Azteco website, um, you print out a voucher, uh, and then you take that printed out voucher to the pay point. Uh, the merchant scans it. You pay the merchant cash. And then you receive an email with the voucher for you to uh, sweep your Bitcoin onto a withdraw your Bitcoin into a self custody wallet. Yeah. So the actual merchant doesn't really know you're buying Bitcoin. They just know that they're scanning this QR code. They, it, it's like similar to like mobile phone vouchers. Um, I, so I guess a lot of these merchants already support the mobile phone vouchers, already support the gift card vouchers, and um, Azteco just kind of. Uh, latches on to that existing infrastructure so they don't have to actually roll out their own infrastructure. Yeah. I do think the no KYC aspect is probably not going to last that long. So, I mean, take advantage of it while you can. Like, Azteco's basically liability strategy is, at least from my perspective, seems to be they offload the liability onto the individual merchants. Um, so, it should be interesting to see how that plays out. But, you know, hopefully... Yeah, I'd love to see more, you know, no KYC options. So um, I, I wish them the best and hope it works out. But regardless, don't uh, don't think you can necessarily count on this long term. You should be FOMOing it. Well, maybe in the Western world. I mean, 600,000. Like, I'm more excited about this in the developing world. Like, Nigeria. Yeah, the Nigerian one is big news. Yeah. We're fucked here in the West. Nigerian brothers and, and sisters fucking run with it. The Nigerian government doesn't like Bitcoin. Yeah, but they don't seem like the most organized over there either. No, definitely not. Um, but you did just have a long rant about our the U.S. government not being fully incompetent as well. So, yeah, that's true. But Nigerians are proven to be Nigerian citizens are proven to be very savvy. And yeah, very creative. resourceful. Yeah, um, so I think they'll find a way. Didn't Nigerian government like do like a full ban at one point or like close to a full ban on Bitcoin? It tried to. I mean, I know it wasn't effective during the the SARS, the SARS protest, yeah, which was a woman's protest, not SARS, the uh, respiratory. Unrelated to the virus. Yes. Wasn't it police? It was anti-police. I think so. Yeah, it was like a women's rights march. I think, um, from what I recall. Um, good news: Bitcoin helping the Ukraine. Military or Ukrainians buy military equipment. With, uh, so the only reason I put this here was because I thought it was interesting that the army uh, says that 40% of the military gear they bought, they just bought with, uh, they said crypto, not Bitcoin, but they bought with crypto directly rather than converting it, which is just like, I don't It's an interesting circular economy. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. The arms dealers like, yeah, we'll take your, we'll take your Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, I wonder like how much of it like I would love to know what the breakdown is because they've raised they raised ETH, they raised Tether, 
they raised Bitcoin. And then like the shit corners really came out. I think Justin's son gave them a bunch of Tron and uh, uh, Gavin. Uh, Gavin Wood. The one that had that. Yeah, Gavin Wood gave them Polkadot. Um, so I, I wonder which ones they spent. If it was like the USDT they spent or if it was the Bitcoin. It doesn't really say. I did see a breakdown of, I think, ETH. Ether was the most donated Bitcoin, second, Tether third, and rest of the shit queens after that. I mean, Gavin Wood gave, I think, $5 million with the polka dot <laughs> to the Ukrainian army. But anyway, I, that not that number way higher than you expected that they spent 40% directly rather than converting it? Yeah, it, it was surprising and... It, like you said, it highlights the the growing circular economy. More people, more merchants are are accepting Bitcoin as as a medium of exchange. Say, hey, more people are willing to take it and hold it. I mean, is that surprising given what's going on? Uh, maybe they had to because of all the sanctions that were being levied at some point. Yeah, well, they're buying it in the Ukraine. Ukrainians are buying it, so they're not sanctioned. But uh, there's probably there's millions of people around the world. I had a conversation yesterday. Like, there's just these compounding events. You have the Canadian trucker convoy, Trudeau freezing bank accounts there. You roll that right into this, where central banks across the world are like Russia, your accounts with us, we're seizing all that money or freezing it. And it's just, you have example after example after example of the value prop of Bitcoin and, and a distributed cash system. It's like, oh, this is why it exists. There's millions of people around the world, potentially billions, waking up to and understanding more innately the, the value prop and the utility that Bitcoin provides and why we've been talking about it for years and why we think it's so important moving forward. And this is like Bitcoin doesn't need a marketing team. There's many people out there thinking that, that we need to be better marketers, but there are no better Bitcoin marketers than the tyrants and sociopathic elite of the world who are unable to keep themselves away from the button that, that, uh, that controls other people's money. Yeah, I mean, water doesn't need marketing. When people realize the need for Bitcoin, they'll they'll figure it out. And they are all over the world. We mentioned it earlier. Uh, Elizabeth Warren crafting a bill targeting cryptocurrency in uh, in Russian sanctions. Uh, she's the worst, man. Remember, she's she literally like on the wrong side of every fucking topic. It's just whenever she says something, you can just pretty much assume the opposite. How can the it's people the in Massachusetts? How can the people in Massachusetts keep keep voting for this woman? She literally lied and told us all she was Native American. She's I don't know, no, Marty. We have a lot of horrible politicians. That's true. She has she no has character. She's like the worst character. She's a bad person. Do we even live in a free country anymore? No. <laughs> U.S., U.K., and E.U. govs are just better at cosplay incompetence. Yeah, it's true. Um. Let's go to shout outs. We've got good shout outs. I missed a shout out two weeks ago. I'm sorry for this. The freak reached out to me. I remember reading it. I thought I read it on there, but um, we've got a revised shout out to, to make it more contemporary. The, the other one was a bit stale. Midwest Bitcoin meetup scene is crazy strong. 
Shout out to over 12 Bitcoin-only meetups between five states. Michigan has Detroit, Jackson, and Benton Harbor, Ohio, Toledo, Columbus, Cincinnati, Dayton, and Cleveland. Indiana has the Indianapolis meetup. Kentucky has Lexington and Louisville. And Pennsylvania, my home state, has Pittsburgh and Philadelphia, my home city. I'm, I'm adding that color there. Uh, if you or know friends and family in the Midwest, join us by finding these groups on meetup.com, Twitter, Matrix, and Bitcoin TV. Big love to everyone who joins and organizes these events and bless all the BBQ we share. Stake and love. Truly grateful. We could do it. We couldn't do it without you. So shout out to everybody getting these meetups. More meetups popping up. This is bullish. like to see more meetups. Let me pull... I fucking love meetups. I, I love seeing how how everything is growing meetup-wise all over the country, all over the world. Like I said earlier, we had National Bitcoiners yesterday. Uh, it was fucking massive. Tons of people there. Vibes were high. People came from all over different different states, from all over the country. We had people from Texas there. We had people from New York, Wyoming, Kentucky, Alabama. Shout out Rocket City Bitcoiners in Huntsville. It's fucking awesome. I love meetups. Off the record, no pictures, no recordings, as it should be. Keep going to meetups, freaks. They're a great experience. Great experience all around. Austin Bit Devs next Thursday night, going south by Southwest. Be there or be square if you're in the city. Next shout out. You are a fucking moron. You often espouse ideas that seem to be based on your somewhat newfound wealth, making you feel far more important and relevant than you could ever possibly be. You don't read as coming from a background of significance or worth mentioning. Where was that education from, Marty? Glad you have a little bit of money. I'm sure it's a lot to, to you. Maybe just shut the fuck up, though. I'll be unsubscribing, cunt. Just kidding. I fucking love y'all. Never change and keep doing what you do. Really appreciate the alternative perspectives from London Paul and Matt Mazinxius. Important reminder that as much as we distrust our own leaders, that does not mean we shouldn't recognize propaganda from it. Comes at us from all angles. Stay vigilant, freaks. David, agree there. That's what. So you're just bullshitting on Twitter. What do you mean? That's the clip you posted on Twitter, right? Where is this? Uh, someone, someone aped that one. Someone. That first no, part no. that you read, yeah, the first part you read was, that was an email. That was an email I got in response to a bent. I said, Oh, and someone to... rewrote it in the shout yeah. out. Yes. Um, got it. People, I posted that because I just thought it, I, I truly thought it was hilarious. I get hate mail all the time. Uh, I thought this one particularly was fun. I think the added, yeah, it was fucking insane. <laughs> the added unsubscribing cunt uh, was, it was hilarious. So this to guy me. just mirrored that, right? Yes. It was yes. like the exact same wording. Yeah. Yeah. A joke. Well, shout out Dave. Thank you. Thank you, David. Also, uh, before I forget, uh, 6102 Bitcoin, our boy 6102, he's still out there. He's just not on Twitter. Um, he has a Bitcoin meetups page too, bitcoin-only.com slash meetups. So if you want to look for a good, solid Bitcoin meetup in your area, go to that website, bitcoin-only.com slash meetups. And if you don't see one, consider starting one. Got to start somewhere. Start. Start them. We want Bitcoin meetups everywhere. Teach people how to download wallets and send Bitcoin off the exchange or to buy Bitcoin off without an exchange. Uh, Matt, I'm going to let you take this one. This is one of your favorite subjects. How come you don't set up an urbic group for the freaks? 
Because Urban's a shitcoin. <laughs> I knew. I knew he was going to say it. Uh, Urban, I have a, I have an Urban account. Uh, an Urban shitcoiner planet. Um, and Tessa, I like the Urban team. They're building Bitcoin stuff there. I think it's an interesting project. The planets are basically NFTs, and that's they're pre-mined NFTs, right? I think so. Yeah, namespaces is what they describe them as. I mean, I think the yeah, I think many in the Urbit project regret um, the way they did the namespace. Umbral stuff. just added Urbit. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. I have a lot of respect for the Urbit team. Do you ever use Urbit? I haven't in a while, honestly, if I'm being honest, but I have before in the past. It is, I mean, it is a cool concept. I mean, they're trying to do something similar to like Startheim Labs with their embassy suite, just taking a completely different approach. Um, but the, the goal I there, think it's completely different than Start9 or Umbral. I mean, the it is, but I think the goal, the end goal is similar, where they want people owning their data and their compute on their own machines, their own hardware. Got to read the shout outs. I didn't expect to talk about Urbit, but we've got good I mean, you've had, you've had Urbit shows on the pod. We did. Bitcoin sign guy is a big, uh, big Urbit guy is coming. He showed it as well. And no, I but did, didn't you have like someone else from the Urbit team on? I don't think so. I did something for them um, last summer when they announced their Bitcoin wallet integration. They built their own Bitcoin wallet um, integrated into Urbit. And I, participated in that, like interviewed them for their own showcase. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> I'm going to get hate mail over that. You got to read the show. The, the Urbit stuff. Yeah, I, mean, you, I mean, I just witnessed you defending a shit coin, so. <laughs> I think it's an interesting, yeah, God damn it. I can't even. How many shit coins is Marty going to shill this episode? He's already shilled oil and gold, <laughs> nickel. I didn't shill Urban. I, somebody Palladium. paid for. Somebody paid for a shout Wheat. Out. Wheat. They're all hey. They're all outperforming Bitcoin right now, dude. Uh, I. <laughs> it's true. I mean, look. If you're not pricing your Bitcoin to nickel, you're short nickel. <laughs> uh. It is weird. Bitcoin's been in this weird consolidation phase for quite some time. It's a great stacking opportunity, so take advantage of it while it still lasts. Who knows, it could be better stacking opportunities in the future. I have no idea which way the price is going and when, but just an observation and retrospective on on the the price consolidation we seem to be in for months now. Um, Interesting. FTX on their compliance and surveillance protocol. This is, what did you think about this? You took a screenshot, you shared it in a tweet. Uh, this was crazy. So both FTX and Coinbase, Coinbase. are scared about uh, being labeled by like Elizabeth Warren and others as enabling sanctions, uh, sanctions evasion. So for the first time, like these companies, when they do their like KYC, AML compliance and surveillance measures, they almost never talk about their protocols publicly. Right. So the fact that they came out and just like these are things that we've we we know that they do already, that is often speculated, that is often talked about, but to actually hear it directly from their mouths 
um, their their policies and how they do it, I think, is a very unique situation. They almost never talk about this stuff publicly, but they feel like their backs are against the wall. So they want they want everyone to know like how great they are on at, at spying on their users and controlling their users. Um, you know, my internet is, as I said, is is not great because I'm on mobile right now. Uh, Car, you want to pull up the FTX one? Marty, what I'd like you to do is, can you just read this thread to the freaks on yes, the podcast sir. feed? Can you, uh, can you zoom in, please, Car? All right, so it starts out, how crypto exchanges enforce U.S. sanctions. One, we collect identifying information of every user, including name, date, date of birth, phone number, social security number, and photo ID. We cross-check the info against government databases to ensure veracity. For example, name matches social security number, if we can't verify an identity, the user is rejected and prohibited from trading. Again, this is Brett Harrison from FTX. If a user's identity is fully verified, we then check the name against all sanctions lists and watch lists, including Treasuries, OFAC list, the Department of Justice's FBI wanted list, and UN's consolidated sanctions list. If found, the user is rejected and prohibited from trading. We monitor the user's fiat transactions. If we detect a deposit is coming from or a withdrawal, a withdrawal, a withdrawal is going to a sanctioned bank or other blacklisted source, we block the user's activity. We monitor the user's crypto deposits, withdrawals, I can't say that word, using on-chain risk analysis and transaction monitoring tools such as at TRM Labs. First time I'm hearing that one. We use the same transaction monitoring tools the government agencies use. Continued, these tools have databases of known sanctioned addresses, heuristics that determine geographic locations, and machine learning algos that identify suspicious patterns and transfer histories. If we detect suspicious activity, we block the user for moving assets. Along with the above methods, we are in continuous productive dialogue with government regulators, and law enforcement, and update our procedures based on their instruction. Crypto exchanges have extremely advanced technology and effective procedures for enforcing AML and sanctions. Recent public assertions that crypto is an effective means of evading sanctions due to the lack of industry regulation are without factual support and thread. Wow. Thanks for reading it. They have us all pretty, pretty owned here. I have nothing to say except uh, Brett nailed it. Yeah. Car, we pull up at Ronan Dojo. I think it's important after reading that thread from these cucked exchanges uh, that we read. Something. And the Coinbase presser, like, I think if you press Control F and type in share, share with government, they said they said like so many times how much information they share with the government over and over again. Not really lining. Yes. That right, right there, car, that, that photo. I just uh, cyberpunk manifesto. Yeah. So, uh, everyone is talking about Joe Biden's executive order on crypto and it's the 29th anniversary of Eric Hughes's famous work, a cypherpunk's manifesto, a timeless piece that is more relevant than ever. And considering we just read, that thread from Brett Harrison, the compliance officer at FTX, I think it's important to counteract it with this. Cypherpunks deplore regulations on cryptography for encryption is fundamentally 
a private act. The act of encryption, in fact, removes information from the pu public realm. Even laws against cryptography reach only so far as a nation's border in the arm of its violence. These are cypherpunk technologies. Everyone should go read the cypherpunk manifesto if they haven't. It's a short read. It's like a page. Um, but it's more prescient and important than ever. Um, and I would just say, like, based on these comments I'm seeing coming from the freaks, I just want to be absolutely clear here. Like, yes, FTX and Coinbase laid out their policies and how they enforce them and their surveillance measures. And Coinbase specifically talks about their own in-house surveillance tool and how it's so advanced and it's the best on the market. And they sell that directly to the government. Um, and Coinbase talked about how they use that tool to basically determine other people's identities that are not Coinbase users. Um, it's important to keep in mind here that pretty much every single regulated Bitcoin company is doing these same things or similar things. Um, so this is not unique to FTX and Coinbase. No. This gets into an interesting discussion too. Like why? Like we need to abolish the Bank Secrecy Act. Like again, these companies are yeah, forced. Tell it to Sam Reed. Sam Reed, yeah. Yeah, right. So Sam Reed. Co-founder of BitMEX just pled, pled guilty to a Bank Secrecy Act violation. Yes. Sank the bank. Like, so let's get into it. BitMEX. Do you think BitMEX materially harmed any of their customers? Obviously, some customers lost a lot of money, but. Well, maybe they did, but not for the reasons the government said. Yeah. So this is actually. <laughs> like they had, there was some like questionable liquidation scenarios yeah. and trading against their users and. And with the BitMEX insurance fund just going higher and higher and higher as they were doing it, but um, definitely not for these reasons. No, but I tweeted out yesterday: we're going to destroy ESG, and then we're going to abolish the Bank Secrecy Act. The Bank this is like we need to get a movement behind this. So the Bank Secrecy Act, enacted by uh, Richard Nixon in the seventies, has just thrust a dragnet surveillance system over the financial system. Uh, you, you can't operate as a regulated entity on the global stage anymore as this, this bank secrecy act has forced uh, countries and regulators all around the world to adjust their regulations and data collection policies and it all stems from this act that again does not really do anything to perturb criminals from actually uh, enacting the crimes that they want to they want to commit uh, it's tugged tied very closely to the drug war, which has been an abject failure for a century now, over a century. Uh, and it, it's the Bank Secrecy Act needs to be abolished. That's where a lot of these KYC AML regulations stem from, is this act specifically. Uh, it's, it's, it's time to begin creating a fervor around this particular subject and being more vocal about it. This act is harming more individuals than it is helping uh, prevent crimes. It It has erected supranational entities like the Financial Action Task Force and OFAC, which again are, are forcing these data collection policies on industry players that is, is putting people in, in harm's way. And it's... And, it's, in, it's perturbing the free market. It's increasing compliance costs and uh, adding a, a bunch of OPEX to, to companies that could be better allocated towards more productive endeavors. It's, it's time to begin forcing 
the conversation of abolishing the Bank Secrecy Act uh, in the public eye. Like it, people talk about people being one issue voters on Bitcoin. Like I would, like I think I would take a, a I think a one issue vote stance on abolishing the Bank Secrecy Act. It is a, definitely a tall order and not going to be easy. But you have to start somewhere, and we should start highlighting that the Bank Secrecy Act is detrimental to human flourishing. Yeah, I mean, I missed a little bit of that because I was closing the door over there uh, that my dog opened. Um, but uh, I, the general premise is the Bank Secrecy Act uh, basically criminal, criminalizes, it operates under the assumption that financial privacy is inherently criminal. And I think that's an anti-American assumption. And obviously, it creates a massive regulatory burden and cost uh, for businesses that do have to comply with it. Yes. That's a good segue. Also, I, my internet just came back. So I might pause for a second. I'm just going to switch it back. Okay. All right. Well, um, well, well, while he's switching back, if you're watching the live stream, you can see uh, on my block clock right here, we're at block 726,746. And if you look... Up above me, uh, I can't see it anymore, but it was block height 719,300. That is when the Bitcoin Commons was established. Shout out to Tyler um, from Unchained for, for getting the sign in the Commons. He's also the gentleman responsible for the, the lead into the show here. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. Internet good? Yes, sir. I was going to say Back that on fiber. That, uh, that Bank Secrecy Act topic is a good segue into the Coindesk piece that uh, about you and your, your fight for privacy in the digital age. It's a very good piece. Thank you. I did that interview late January uh, before all this other shit went down, just for what it's worth. Um, but yeah, everyone should go read it. It was a good interview. I appreciate Daniel who did the interview. What is the the one message you hope people take away from this interview? Privacy is important and we should prioritize it. And financial privacy is not a crime. And I do not support money laundering. <laughs> you want to explain the last comment? No. Okay. I just don't support money laundering. Neither do I. We do not support money laundering here at TFTC, at RHR. Anywhere. Like this idea that like if if like people use cash all the time, financial privacy, it, cash has extremely good privacy guarantees. We should have the same privacy guarantees if you're using digital money, digital cash, and that should not be considered criminal behavior by itself. Uh, criminals will also use similar tools. Um, you can police them with good old-fashioned police work, just like you've always done in the past. Uh, in a cash-based economy. And that's just like completely hypocritical too. Like the people at the top who are enacting these laws, I mean, we've seen the insider trading on Capitol Hill. We know that Hunter Biden has a financial stake in Gazprom, which is a, is a big player in the, the situation unfolding in Russia and Ukraine. We know that Joe Biden has financial ties to, to some of these companies, the big guy. We know the politicians throughout time have these people 
don't follow the own their their own law their own laws that they write and force onto the rest of us. They are abject hip, hypocrites, and again, they are detrimental to human flourishing and and a quality of life on this planet. They do not care about you. They do not give a fuck about you. These laws do not protect you. They make you worse off, and they make you a, a slave in the digital age. This is all. The Bank Secrecy Act and everything that has stemmed from it has done and has erected a digital panopticon that you're being continually herded into and you're told it's to protect you. It's to protect you. We're here for your protection. But it's really to enslave you. And unless you begin fighting back, speaking up about it, and adopting Bitcoin and holding it yourself, you're going to become a slave in the digital age. It's happening right before your eyes. Are you going to fight back? Or are you going to sit there and let them do it to you? Do you have autonomy? Do you have freedom? Not right now. But you can get it. That is slaves. It. And it's important, it's important to realize that's not just governments. It's governments working hand in hand with corporations that are monetizing us. Um, like we're literal, essentially like data data cattle. Literal fascism and the, the com, convergence of the state and technocracy corporations is how Mussolini defined fascism. We live in a fascist world. We just talk about fascist state, individual feel like people are like Putin's a dictator, Maduro's bad. We didn't like Saddam Hussein. It's everywhere. Fascism is here in the United States as well. It just takes a different, wears a different mask, and it looks a bit more polished and uh, less abrasive. Yeah, but there are nuances there, Marty. Yes, there are, but like we could not have this podcast under Saddam Hussein's rule. No, but. We'd already be in the gulag. This podcast, they're trying to cancel it. So, I mean, I would not, I think there's a false equivalency. Just be. Well, we're on the path towards that. Would, would you okay. Would you deny that? Like, I don't even think we could have this podcast uh, in Russia. No, but. We definitely couldn't have this podcast in Venezuela. They want to get there. Matt, they're, sure. they're pushing sure. us towards that. And you either talk about it now or we are not allowed to talk about it when it finally gets to that point. And we're, we're playing checkers in the gulag. Wonder when we're going to get our next. We're going to be playing chess. Checkers is. They, no, they don't, they, they don't want you. They want you dumb. You got to play checkers. They're not even going to allow you to play chess. You, you, you get to play checkers once a day between, between your bug patties. Uh, we already talked about a senator's looking to lock down Russia's gold. Again, just forcing them away from dollar hegemony. The dollar is dead. Again, we'll look back in history and we'll we'll pinpoint like the last two weeks as the official death of the dollar as the, the world reserve currency. Uh, Zoltan, who's a much vaunted, vaunted is the word I'm looking for, analyst from Credit Suisse who talks about global currency markets and bond markets. He came out with a piece say, essentially saying that the dollar is dead. There's no, there's no turning back from the events of the last two weeks. Uh, the, we're going to have Bretton Woods too, essentially, where the world is going to... Well, Bretton Woods, Bretton Woods, Bretton Woods three. 3, excuse me, where the world is going to begin deciding what is the next world reserve currency, what is the, the, um, the landscape of the currency markets, the international currency markets look like. Now that the U.S. dollar is not the reserve currency, he mentioned Bitcoin at the end of this letter. If it this survives, is straight up the mandible scenario yeah. on this this piece. Yeah, I mean, we you cannot you cannot operate moving forward 
under the assumptions uh, that that we were just weeks ago in terms of global currency, bond, commodities markets. The, everything has I changed. Were, I thought there were, it was interesting. A couple of takeaways from this piece. First of all, he talks about commodity-backed currencies, whether that's gold or another commodity or a basket of commodities. At the end, he talk, he mentions Bitcoin, and he he says the exact words were, um, "What well, car is scrolling really slowly?" Up, up, up. But, the exact words were right and In Bitcoin. If it still exists, then we'll probably benefit from all of this. Which so the the thing I wanted to say here is first of all, it's crazy that Bitcoin's even part of this conversation. Um, just shows how far we've come and how mature it is that it's actually like on the macro uh it's as part of the macro conversation. The second part is if it still exists then, and like that is that's our alpha right there. Like most people that are paying attention to this shit do not think Bitcoin has what it takes to still exist. Uh, and I expect Bitcoin to completely outlive us. So if we are correct here, that is our alpha. Our alpha is that the overwhelming majority of, of money managers and people that have money to deploy have not deployed into Bitcoin yet. Um, and that is to our advantage. That is to our advantage, I agree. But it all we could also increase our alpha and increase the the probability that Bitcoin still exists when this is all said and done. Get your coins off the exchanges, learn how to run a node. If you're a miner, try to granularly distribute your hash rate more, geographically distribute it. We can bolster the network to increase the probability of Bitcoin success. And it's just first thing you can do is get your coins off an exchange, not let supply of Bitcoin get somewhat centralized in the hands of, of these exchanges that are easily co-optable by the government. Avoid KYC, learn privacy best practices, hold your own keys, use your own node. Okay. What do we got next? Oh, I like this. Uh, new initiative to roll out mesh nets in Ukraine. So they're, they're uh, Lola, Lola Leets. Uh, it was a privacy cypherpunk enthusiast, and and she covers a lot of what's going on. She's a lightning developer, and a lightning developer is um, building. You know, she has a thread about building a mesh net in Ukraine. Uh, Starlink's involved. There's an explanation uh, before we dive into the particulars of the mesh net. Why are we using Knitter now? What is uh, what is the Knitter? Knitter's up. a non-tracking Twitter. Okay. Um, like if you just take any Twitter Twitter link and you put knitter.net in it, uh, where twitter.com is, the link will show up without tracking, without signing. Now like Twitter is doing like if you don't have a Twitter account and you click a Twitter link um, on desktop, it'll like ask you to sign in. They won't show you the actual tweet. So not only are they tracking it, but they're like locking it down. Um, so Knitter gets around that. Um, Lola is fucking awesome. Um, I love her content. I appreciate her work. And uh, so the, the guys at LNP BP Standards Association are basically running a fundraiser in Bitcoin um, so that they can deploy uh, mesh nets across Ukraine because a lot of the internet's cut out in Ukraine right now. Yes, as you can see, if you scroll down just a little bit, Car, there's the NetBlocks chart that shows that uh, internet capacity fell by 50%, what looks to be like 50% um, at some point over the last week. Props for props are due to Elon Musk. I know we shit on him for Tesla and the subsidies and the LARPing, uh, but 
Starlink is very interesting. SpaceX is very interesting. And he sent a bunch of Starlink uh, receivers to uh, to Ukraine and they're deploying those. And uh, it is good to see it. I mean, you can route around the state um, with these these new ways of accessing the internet. And so props for props are due. With that being said, too, now props for props are doing the ESG thing. You had Mark Andreessen, uh, who's the, the general partner at A16Z, which is a crypto, or it's not even crypto, they have crypto funds, but they're a VC. Uh, and a, a lot, and they've been posturing uh, against proof of work and, and, they, and, and to cater to ESG narratives in the past. Mark Andreessen's become like a very anti-ESG over the last couple of weeks due to the, the obvious uh, shortcomings of our energy infrastructure caused by by that movement. Elon Musk even came out against ESG and its craziness. I think he was referencing specifically the fact that <laughs> arms dealers are going to be positive in it from an ESG perspective because they're supporting Ukraine. Uh, and it's just funny to see all these LARPers come out of the woodwork and try to save face uh, when it becomes obvious that this stuff is insane. ESG is completely communistic. It is completely nonsensical. It doesn't make sense. It is not profitable. It will not usher in a, a utopia, which it hopes to do is nothing more than a marketing scheme for middlemen to scam more fees via funds. That, that that are able to trade at a premium because they get this certification, which is completely stupid. If you're in the Bitcoin industry, specifically Bitcoin miners, stop catering to ESG. You look like an idiot. You look like a cuck. Stop it. Your dog's always like barking during the show. I know, and the door is closed too. I think she knows when I'm recording. She does she want to come on and talk? And she is right now. Cameo. Do we only have one software update this week? Uh yeah. Bisc. Version 1.8.4. I downloaded the Zeus wallet too on iOS. Shout out it's to It's so sexy. The new fucking UI is so fucking nice. Shout out to Evan and team. You guys have uh, made a, a bang up app. There's pretty no, there's pretty much no other mobile wallet uh, that is that comes close to Zeus in terms of using it with your own with your own node at home. I use Zeus all the time; it's fucking fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what were you using before that, Zap? Yeah, which I shouldn't have been doing. Because the um, but BISC v one point eight point four uh, automatically deletes sensitive trade data after a trade is completed. It's the big change. Pretty, pretty, uh, pretty big upgrade there. It's good to see. Delete that data. Um, what do we got next? There's a big list. Big list this week. Foundation Devices teases their new hardware and app. Unveiling Passport Batch 2, an Envoy mobile app. With Batch 2 and Envoy, we will build an intuitive and highly secure Bitcoin self-custody experience. We're beyond excited to share all the details with you today. I'm going to link to that. I'm in contact with Zach. Zach, how do you have a response? 
we will uh, we will schedule a call to talk about what you guys are building. Um, have you tested this out? It's not shipped yet. Have you tested out the first version? Uh, yeah, I have one. What are your thoughts on it? Uh, it feels nice in the hand. I don't use it to store any Bitcoin. I, uh, this, this, the new model looks, it looks sexy. At least the renders or pictures or whatever those are. The app is, looks interesting. Supposedly it's going to be open source. GPL hasn't been, code hasn't been released yet. Um, it's more of like, uh, I guess, I guess the mobile app is like a single SIG. Um, it's a single SIG wallet. Plus you can use it to set up your foundation device, your passport. Um, Tor, it's Tor by default if you use their node and servers, or you can connect to your own servers. Um, what else? Uh, they made it cheaper than the last one. The last one was pretty expensive. And uh, cheaper, thinner, lighter. The um, Supposedly, they're still using the same secure elements, and I've heard some, some shit about that secure element being compromised, but... We'll see. I I have no details, and uh, I look forward to getting my hands on this one. I'm sorry, I got a message. But yeah, this isn't shipped yet. It's pre-order, and Envoy app isn't shipped yet either. Beware. Zach, we'll talk. I guess it's going to be one ninety nine pre-order, and then it rate goes up to two twenty nine. That hardware, Bitcoin and U.S. national security and assessment of Bitcoin as a strategic opportunity for the United States. Actually, had the pleasure of meeting Matthew Pines last night at a Galaxy Digital event here in Austin. We had a great conversation. Uh, really good dude. Yeah, Pines is great. Really um, smart. Yeah. He, he knows his shit. And it's interesting how they're framing. Uh, I really like how he described how they're trying to frame this stuff on Capitol Hill. Um and then last week I said we we talked about like and we mentioned it earlier with the exchanges posturing like it doesn't help evade sanctions, but again like it does if you do it correctly. It just takes one transaction to prove that wrong. Um, however, I do agree. Like it is Bitcoin is a matter of national security. It is becoming glaringly obvious that the U.S. status as, as global reserve currency is completely evaporating in front of our eyes. We're going to need to, as a country, transition to something else. And do you want to transition to a CBDC? Do you want to transition to a digital yuan, a digital ruble, a gold-backed ruble, gold-backed yuan? No. Uh, how could you counterpunch the, the countries that are political sphere or war machine sphere views as adversaries. How do you, how, if you actually want to throw a wrench in their plans, adopting Bitcoin is actually the smartest move you can make to, to throw a wrench in the plans of China and Russia trying to create their own gold back digital currency or whatever they're, they're trying to usher the world into as the U S dollar loses its reserve currency status of the world. If you really wanted to make a bold move, you would uh, you would encourage Bitcoin adoption 
by American citizens and encourage industry to, to grow around the Bitcoin protocol here in the United States. Yeah, I mean, that reminds me, uh, just because CBDCs are a topic of conversation, um, and it was a topic on the executive order as well from Biden, that like this idea that like what makes Bitcoin special is the fact that it's digital is it's just completely misguided. Like these CBDCs don't change anything uh, from a fiat point of view. It's the same trust issues. It's the same fiat issues that we have with the current systems. Um, if, if anything, it, in a lot of ways, it makes it worse because it adds easier, easier seizures, easier surveillance, um, easier, uh, easier uh, debasement of the currency. So, yeah. So this whole idea that CBDCs can ever compete with Bitcoin, they can't by design because the whole point of a CBDC is that they're controlled by a centralized party the central bank, hence the CB part of DC. Yes. Digital enslavement tools. That's what a CBDC is. I mean, they've come out. Actually, uh, Majid, who was on the Rogan podcast, he actually quote tweeted one of my CBDC tweets from like the summer of 2021, which was a video of Augustine Carstens, the head of the Bank of International Settlements, coming out and saying exactly what they want to do with the CBDC. Like these people are telling you what they want to do with these CBDCs, which is granularly control you and make you a digital slave. They don't like that. They don't have control of how people spend a hundred dollar bill. They want to. You realize everyone's already a digital slave, right? Yes. I mentioned that earlier. There's ways out now. Like uh, us slaves, we have a way to get off. Uh, this digital and Facebook's digital enslavement, Twitter's digital enslavement, iPhones are digital enslavement, Google's digital enslavement, Amazon's digital enslavement. We have ways out. There's degrees of that enslavement, and we have ways out. Bitcoin is one of them. That's why we're sitting here talking about it. We have ways out now. If we don't act, they may not be there in the future, and they're going to be very hard to access in the future. Um, yeah. Uh, what else do we have here? How to buy, earn, and spend KYC-free Bitcoin. Fuck you, Ty. Mustaches are digital enslavement. Ty was here last week. Ty was here. So this is my, Love you, Ty. This is an article by Anarchio Crypto. How to buy, earn, spend KYC-free Bitcoin and Monero without ID or a bank account. So I just, this is a really good write up. People should check out. Sometimes I just put like good write ups on the bottom that we don't even really need to talk about. Um, like I put one also ministry of nodes starting your Bitcoin journey. Our boy, our boys, Katan and Stefan over at ministry of nodes put out a really good piece. Anarchio crypto put out a really good piece. So go check those out. The Cathedral Bitcoin team put out a really good shareholder letter this week. Disclaimer. Yeah, but I figured we'd talk about that. Okay. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were just throwing that at the end. I, I didn't intentionally uh, jump. I, I intentionally jumped over it because I figured we'd have a conversation about it. They, it was a really great piece. And you're on the Cathedral team. Well done. I mean, I can't take any credit for it. Other than finding AJ and Drew. Um, yeah, so AJ and Drew... I've been working on the shareholder letter. 
for some time. And it's, I think it's biased, obviously, but I also think it's incredibly well done. They paint the picture of what they want to build Cathedra into. Uh, they, they believe that sound money and energy abundance in the digital age is an imperative. They have very critical commentary on uh, the history of monetary and energy policy in the United States over the last five decades specifically. Uh, they, they believe that the Fed has destroyed our money and that uh, ill-informed energy policy is making us less secure as a nation. Bitcoin is a tool and a vehicle which could uh, help us in both uh, areas, make, make monetary policy better by ushering in a, in a political sound distributed monetary system that via proof of work mining incentivizes the production and proliferation of, of abundant and cheap energy sources. And I, I really like what they did in this piece, particularly by framing it. We have two mindsets that, that we can we can decide to go down. We can be Malthusian, which uh, believes that humans are bad and there should be less of us and we should use less and not harness our ingenuity and innovation to make the world a better place. We should just kill ourselves and limit the amount of people that live on the planet. This dude literally believed this. He believed that we should... That Thomas Malthus was an economist in the 1700s who literally thought you should raise food prices on poor people so they couldn't eat and they would die. Uh, and then we had the Promethean view of the future, which doesn't see uh, human flourishing as a as a zero to negative sum game, but a positive sum game where we're able to actually use our our resources at, that we have at our fingertips to become more productive and to increase the quality of life for everyone. And we can support more people. We can figure out a way to uh, flourish on this planet as the population grows. And, that's what future do you want? Do you want to be a Malthusian who believes that humans are bad, that we should die off? Or do you want to be a Promethean, believing that we're incredible, we can do really cool things, and we can make the world a better place, and that we have the intellect, the capacity, and the ability to make the world an awesome place? That's what Cathedra wants to do, and we're going to go try to make that happen. And Bitcoin and energy are, are very important on, on making that, that view of the future materialize. So I'm very pumped to be a part of the Cathedral team on the board there. Uh, AJ and Drew are really fucking smart, as you may be able to tell by reading this letter. They're very passionate. They're young. They're hungry. And they actually Love those guys. Yeah. Shout out to... Shout out to them. And uh, great, great shareholder letter. Yeah. I don't I don't usually read shareholder letters, but that was a good one. Hey. Um Yeah, go. I was gonna say we're just trying to communicate with our shareholders here. Yeah, I know, but I'm not a shareholder and I read the letter, which is, you know. I was glad I read it. It was very good. Thank you. Uh the I have two pieces here, one on Bitcoin and the Cuban embargo, uh written by this Bitcoin founder in Cuba who's going to be speaking at Bitcoin 2022. I thought it was a really interesting piece. I mean, we we talk about a lot about Russia and Canada and Ukraine, but like the Cuban people have been suffering under embargo for many, many years, uh, decades, and uh, similar situation for them, right? Where they can't use traditional financial rails in terms of 
American companies um, and Bitcoin gives them an option, gives them a um, an option where there is no other option. So love to see it. I suggest everyone go read that. And then there's and then another one other, on Afghans, right? Yeah, this one's interesting. Did you see this one? I have not read it yet, no. It doesn't actually talk about Bitcoin. Um, but like, there's, uh, it's behind a paywall. Imagine if you pay 10 cents worth of sats just to read this right away. You could also just go to archive.org and see it. That is well. um, the, the, the crux of it is that there's basically like these withdrawal limits at their banks. So they have all this cash in their bank accounts that they can't get. Um, which is a tragedy. And Bitcoin can help mitigate that if you hold your own keys and, and use Bitcoin in a circular economy. Yeah. Let's get the circular economy going, freaks. You wanted to do an early rip today. Do you have uh, obligations this afternoon? Yeah, but I'm not going to talk about them on air. We don't need to. Um, but yeah, I do. <laughs> Thank you for doing an early rip. Um, there's one other piece here. Secret surveillance program collects Americans' money transfer data. Yeah, this came, this is, uh, they had to admit to this, right? Didn't they like subpoena? Yeah, it was like a Freedom of Information Act, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, we're digital slaves. They're taking our data. We know all this. We talk about it week in and week out. Um, but it was, I think it was like any payment over $500 between the U.S. and Mexico um, was being tracked and tagged and yeah. surveilled without due process. Any uh, authorization. Yeah. Yeah. They don't care about you, freaks. You're, you don't have the right to privacy. You don't have the right to freedom in the digital age. You are a cattle. You better be a good cattle. Isn't it cow? Cattle, cow. Isn't it cattle plural? (laughs) Can you be a cattle? (laughs) Cows? A cattle. Yeah, you can. I don't think you can be a cattle. We might, we're going to have to go. I would say duck, duck, go. Is Jebby still here? Jebby, go look it up. (laughs) Car, you can just type in cattle and see what Google Let's see what Google. No, or... use DuckDuckGo. Even even with the DuckDuckGo's new policy, it's still better than Google. Like fuck it. Google okay. tracks you and does even more censorship. No, just type in cattle. That's such a good DuckDuck goose. Cattles or cows is what he just searched. Cow or cows? I can't read it. I can't read it. Just go back. Go back to the dictionary. Go to the dictionary.com. <laughs> Second one. You see Dreamman's comment? If we're going to fact check Marty's grammar, RHR will be five hours minimum. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say anything in, in defense of that. Domesticated quadrupeds held as property or raised for use. Bovine animals yes, on a farm or ranch. Yeah, it's a plural noun. Full-time yeah. Bitcoin. Cow is in general use as a singular for the collective cattle. The word cow is easy to use when a singular is needed and the sex is unknown or irrelevant. When there is a cow in the road, for example. Interesting. But I think I used cattle correctly in the plural, saying you're, you are, you all are. 
digital cattle. I'm a, speaking. You said a cattle. You said you are a cattle. Oh yeah, you are a cow. I don't know. You, I'm just fucking. You all are cattle. Yeah, that's that's what you meant to say. In the mind, I don't know. Of it's been a long day. The government. <laughs> Completely <sighs> inconsequential, but I'm glad we looked it up. And now, now us and the freaks know. You come here, you learn something new week in and week out. This is our 190th rip. Times are getting heavy. <laughs> the U.S. dollar reserve currency status is dead. Uh, commodities prices are going crazy. Energy prices are going to continue to go up. CPI print today was 7.9%, and that was severely underreported. Go shake your rancher's hand. Go say what's up to your neighbors. If you guys are in a fight, squash the beef. Figure out how you're going to work together, how you're going to support each other. Stack sats, get them into wallets you control. Lock down some water. And begin speaking out against the insanity that's being thrust upon us by our incompetent government, our fascist overlords that are ruining the world and forcing you further into the panopticon. You cow, you all are cattle. Love your freaks. Stay on one stack, Nickel. Peace and love. Okay.